Uh, I want to turn now to our text. Uh, over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about encounters with Jesus. And today we meet, uh, and we're going to meet different people who have encountered Jesus in different ways. This morning, we are invited to uh, listen in on a conversation between Nicodemus and Jesus. Turn with me, if you will, to John 3, 1 through 21. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews, He came to Jesus by night and he said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. No one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after growing old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I say to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know, and we testify of what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things, and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Those who believe in him are not condemned, but those who do not believe in are condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment, that the light has come into the world, and the people love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For all who do evil hate the light and do not come to the light so that their deeds may not be exposed. But those who do what is true come to the light so that they may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. May God add a blessing to this reading of the text and cause it to be the inspired word for us today. Nicodemus is an interesting character. He's... uh, He's kind of the reluctant disciple. Uh, we run into him here, but we see him a couple other times. He comes to, he, he half-heartedly comes to Jesus' defense when Jesus is on trial before the Sanhedrin. Nicodemus himself is a member of this high council who passes judgment on people. Uh, he appears again when, after Jesus' death, he joins Joseph of Arimathea in retrieving Jesus' body, and he brings a, a ridiculous amount of spices, uh, burial spices, to the tomb so that uh, they can lay him around. I'll let you figure out why they do that, but <laughs> laying the spices around Jesus at that time. 
So it's clear that Nicodemus has a, a positive view of Jesus, and yet he's kind of got one foot in following Christ and one foot in the rest of the world. He's that, he's that kind of fringe disciple. He's, he's one of those spiritual but not religious folks, right? They don't want to get nailed down with any title. They don't wanna, why do we got to name it? Nicodemus might say, why do I got a name? You know, why, yeah, well, you know, yeah, I like Jesus, but why do I have to be a Christian? Why do I have to name it and you know, do all those things? In fact, so, so kind of reluctant is Nicodemus that he comes to Jesus in the darkness, hidden in night where he hopes that none of his colleagues will see him. And he comes and he begins this conversation. With, you know, I, think, I wonder if, I think Nicodemus envisioned something like uh, you know, a, a theological debate. And I get the feeling that what Nicodemus is trying to do is to bridge the gap between the world that Nicodemus lives in and the interesting things Jesus is doing. Uh, it's almost like he's trying to be the peacemaker, which Jesus really likes folks who do that. Uh, but the, uh, what Nicodemus seems to be trying to do is to say, you know what, I, I got it pretty good and I, don't wanna, I like what's going on over here. I like my life. And it, no doubt he would. Uh, he lived a great life. He was, he was an aristocrat. You, you don't have time to be in the Sanhedrin. You don't have time to be a teacher of the law unless you were rich and could afford to just loaf around talking about godly things. Uh, you know, working class people didn't, didn't wonder about the laws of God. They just, they basically listened to the rabbi and did whatever they said because they didn't have time to think about, you know, how these things might be interpreted. Nicodemus, because he was wealthy and influential, he had the time to kind of sit back and debate, uh, the things theological and enjoy that time of just kind of wondering and parsing the Hebrew and figuring out what exactly goes on. He didn't have to work like everyone else had to work. And I get the feeling that Nicodemus kind of liked that setup, right? Who wouldn't? Uh, He kind of liked that setup. But he kind of was intrigued by what Jesus was saying too. Oh, you know, this is interesting stuff. I hear you've been healing people and you're talking about this kingdom of God stuff. I'm all about the kingdom of God too. We've been talking about that in our, in our little coffee group on you know, Monday morning. And uh, so he's trying to bridge these two. But the reality is you cannot live in the kingdom of God and live in this world. You cannot embrace the message, the gospel, the good news of Jesus and continue to live in a world that oppresses because quite frankly, you cannot get rich and influential in first century Rome without stepping on a lot of necks and without exploiting the people. And when Jesus comes and talks about the kingdom of God, when Jesus says God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him might have eternal... Not just the really rich and beautiful people, right? Whoever believes in Him. It's not, it's not who you know or how much you have or even how well you understand the Bible or how many times you go to church, although it doesn't hurt you to go to church. It doesn't matter, all of that. Whoever... 
believes that what the good news that Jesus brings from God, that, that Jesus incarnates all of God's love in the world. Whoever, the working class guy, the slave, God forbid, the prostitute and the tax collector, whoever believes is saved, is, is a child of God. This was a title these folks reserved for themselves. So, Jesus says, I'm sorry, Nicodemus. It's not an adjustment we're looking for. It's not just a, a, a tweak. We're not gonna, I know you have good intentions coming to me and maybe you're going to go back and say, here's some interesting tweaks we could make to our religious group here. Maybe, it'll, you know, maybe we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll keep Jesus off our backs and all this kind of stuff. He's trying to make this happen. Jesus is going, uh-uh. Sorry. It's a line in the sand. Either you're with us or you're against us. And it's not tweaking that is needed. You must start all over. Whatever you think you knew over here, forget about it. Forget about it. It's like you're being born all over again. And you're learning to coo. And you're learning to blow those bubbles like babies do, right? And then you're learning to crawl and you're learning to walk and you're learning to eat and you're learning to say some words and then maybe you can start to understand some things and think for yourself you're starting all over and it's a complete overhaul and you can't have one foot over here and one foot over here you can't because this world rejects the light, and this world has come to bring it to overcome the darkness. This is the darkness that Jesus came to overcome. Amen? And you know, I, we, live in a world, we live in a world where being a Nicodemus is, is just the norm these days, right? I, re, re, spiritual, but I think I'm the only religious person left. I, I am a religious person. I'm religious. I love religion. <laughs> and I'm, you know, everyone hates it. Everyone else hates it. Uh, you know, I'm spiritual, but not religious. I'm spiritual and religious, right? Because I love the church. I, I think we've got, we've got it going on. I think the, this community, this religious community is, is the best hope we have for the world amen so i'm religious people in the world today don't want to be religious and i think it's because we want to have one foot in this world and one foot in this world and i hate to say it but you can't you really can't you can't do it halfway you can't toy around and i you know i'm all about doubt and questioning and figuring it out and being on the journey but you got to be on the journey I mean, you got to commit to a road, right? <laughs> you got you to pick a road and go down it. And, and this is the road that we preach here at First Baptist Church. This is the road that, that we have been called to together to move down. This is the road that leads to light and away from the darkness. My prayer for us Today, my prayer for us in Lent as we begin this Lenten journey down a path is that, that 
we will indeed embrace the gift that's being given. Jesus came to Nicodemus and said, you must be born again. But really, I, w- I kind of wish Jesus had said it this way. You know what, Nicodemus? You get to be born again. You get to try this again. You get to start over. I, it, once you open your eyes to it, you'll see that this is not what you want. This is not what God wanted, and you're not going to be happy here either. When you open your eyes and you embrace the light, you get to be born again. You get to try it again. You get to leave the darkness and head toward the light. You get to experience birth out of death. You get to die to your old self and be born into a new creation, Paul says. Amen? It's not that you have to, right? It's not that you must, you know, but if you, but the world you want, the light you seek, the joy you wish to experience, the love you wish to embrace, the world you want and that God wants is found in the light, not in the darkness. Amen? And we get to embrace it. We get to walk toward it. We get to bask in it. Enjoy it. Because Jesus has brought it not to these group here in a small little circle but whoever whosoever god so loved the world that whoever believes in him is going to experience the light and life of god let us pray loving and gracious god we experience even now Your call from darkness to light, from death to life. Over these next 40 days, over this time of exploring and experiencing who You are, may we indeed take the opportunity to invite You. May we come to You in the daylight, in the night, whenever, and begin this conversation and ask the question, what is required of me? Must I be born again? What must I do to walk out into the light? To live a life without the fear of being exposed for who I am. Without the guilt and the shame. But in the joy that is Your kingdom. We ask all this in the precious and powerful name of Christ. Amen.